0: Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, here in January of 2023 with another uh, episode of Deprogramming. Um, and you will remember that last week on Solutions Watch, we were looking at ways of creatively combating and counteracting and skirting censorship. And I think picking up on and extending that theme into this week's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about ways to avert the, the ban hammer that uh, obviously, I'm sure everyone in the Corbett Report audience knows, affected the Corbett Report over the last couple of years with the banning of first the main Corbett Report channel and then the backup channel on YouTube, which was then suddenly restored for no reason with no communication. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how it works. All I know is I'm never using YouTube again. But it is a good case in point about how... Your data may not be safe if you are simply uploading it to some centralized server somewhere and hoping that it'll all be, ah, it'll all be taken care of. I've got a backup on YouTube. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. So I'm sure that anyone out there with, who is either a regular content creator or someone who is at the very least concerned with preserving their information that they do have and that they collect and uh, social media posts that they make and such will have thought about this issue in recent years. And how best to handle this? Well, I'll just move to another platform and put all of my content on that one platform and trust that it will be safe forever. Again, I don't think that that's a real solution to this issue. As Corbett reporters will know, my philosophy has always been, why upload everything to one place when you can upload it to many places? Why one thing when we can have many things? And so that is something that I've uh, attempted to do throughout the years. I've always been uploading my work to many different platforms, including, perhaps most importantly, my own server, so that everything that I do is on CorbettReport.com. But as you know, I'm on Archive, BitChute, Odyssey. And as you will have noticed, quite recently, I'm on Rumble. I'm on Rockfin. I'm on these other platforms that I was not on before. And that is courtesy of a new service that I have been availing myself of that helps to platform content creators or people looking to preserve their information on multiple platforms at once. It is called Content Safe at contentsafe.co. And today I am talking to the uh, owner and proprietor, uh, CEO, I don't know what title you give yourself, of Content Safe, Matthew Raymer. Matthew, thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, I guess you could say I'm the chief cook and janitor. (laughs) Uh, I I basically do pretty much everything here, uh, marketing, uh, designing, developing. Uh, I do have some support team, but essentially I'm the linchpin in the whole company.
0: Awesome. Well, I definitely want to talk about Content Safe and what it is that you do there. But before we get into that, it's your first time on the program. So perhaps you can just introduce yourself. Who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you doing this at all?
1: Well, uh, to keep it brief, because I could spend a long time saying about who I am, uh, I would say that my experience in understanding the world, while there isn't a, quite a bit of a backstory I could give, let's just make it simple and say that in the late 2000s, I really was beginning to doubt the way the narrative I was being told. And it, this was... The podcast era, right? So I was getting out, listening to podcasts. It wasn't so much video yet, but I ran into Alex Jones. And my first thoughts were, this man is crazy. But the more I listened, the more I was like, maybe he's not so crazy. Uh, But I say Alex and I, even though I think Alex has done a lot of good work, I just couldn't really handle his presentation style. So I started encountering people like james corbett and it was a much more calm reasoned approach to understanding the way the world works and it was very informative and that would be the initiation of content safe i saw things that i knew had the potential of being deplatformed and i started writing my own personal software to archive those things for myself and as time went by uh i was getting with other people that I know you know, uh, Richard Grove with uh, Autonomy. And uh, we all agreed that it would be a very, very, very good idea to turn this into a business, a service that we could offer to content creators. Because whenever the first spark of content safe was imagined, we knew there was censorship, we were seeing it, but it hadn't really hit the fan, so to speak. Right? We're talking 2018. The first version rolls out by the end of 2018. It's really starting to heat up. And we roll out uh, our first few clients. And 2020 rolls around. And it's like, okay, this is why we built this thing. So essentially, to get to the nub of what ContentSafe is, it's an automated system. It's software I wrote that will monitor a platform that a content creator wants to upload to. We can monitor the old school YouTube uh, channels, but we can also monitor things like Rumble and Odyssey. We can then automatically download those videos and preserve them uh, on our systems and then redistribute them to other platforms. And we currently support uh, BitChute, Rockman, Odyssey, Brideon. I always keep
0: losing track of all Rumble? the platforms. Oh, yeah, Rumble. Archive. Uh,
1: yeah, Archive. yeah. And there's a bunch of other other platforms that we also upload. There are too
0: many to po- possibly keep track of, and that's kind of the point. So, uh, yeah, there's a number of aspects of this that I want to get into, but one is sort of the case study of what ContentSafe is doing for the Corbett Report now, um, because as people may or may not know, I... I have traditionally uploaded every single file to every single platform myself and filling out all the details and the metadata myself every single time with every single upload on every single platform, which is precisely why I didn't bother Rumble, Rockfin, all these platforms. I'm going to choose five platforms that I think are worth being on and I'll just concentrate on those. Um, so when I looked to expand... Obviously, I'm not going to do this all myself. I'd spend half of my day just uploading stuff. So, um, the way it is working at the moment, I am uploading to Odyssey and BitChute and Substack directly. And ContentSafe is monitoring my Odyssey feed and is getting that information and then putting those videos up on Rumble and Rockfin automatically for me. So, I don't have to do that. That does mean that uh, it will... uh, And Archive, I should say. Rumble and Rockfin and Archive. That does mean that the first time you see the video, it will go up first to Odyssey, to to, Bitshoot, to Substack, to my own website. And then it will go on archive and rumble. So there may be a bit of a delay with those videos as it takes time for the bot to see those the new upload and get it uploaded to the other platforms, etc. But we're generally talking a few hours, not a few days. So yeah. anyway, that's the way it's working for me, which is obviously from my perspective, I hope people can understand, extremely helpful to cut down on the amount of time I end up uploading things. Um, but so this just to put it broadly, this means that you can monitor the feeds of uh, from any of these platforms, presumably, yes. and then auto-populate to the other platforms?
1: C- correct. We, whenever we build a, a platform, we try to build it in a set of different services. One is a monitor service, the other is a metadata service, and then there is a download service, and then there's an upload service.
0: You know, I, I people who don't upload will have no idea how much how much of a jigsaw puzzle this is because just saying metadata there's different categories and different information that is put on each website so standardizing that and finding a way to populate all these fields must be Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> it can be,
1: it can be hair pulling.
0: Yeah, it really can. <laughs> yeah, that's and, why. Uh... And whenever a
1: platform changes, and whenever a platform suddenly decides to change things, they don't give us
0: a notice. You know, we have to be on our toes to know it changed. Mm-hmm. So. uh as always, there may be some kinks uh, to be ironed out. I think it looks all right, though. All the uh, information seems to be getting into all the right nooks and crannies, at least for the Corbett Report. And as you say, you're doing this for a number of different clients now, like Richard Grove, um, like Richard Gage, um, like some other people that the Corbett Report might know. Uh, yes, Richard Gage. Working? Oh, uh,
1: let's see. Oh, you know the May Brussel archive? Yes. We, we actually manage their stuff. That, that was one that I wanted to shout out because, uh, we're presently helping them beyond content safe. We're helping them organize the digitization of their, her physical library. Mm,
0: that's incredible. I, I want to hear more about that yeah. later, but first sure. let's talk, uh, with regards to content safe. So obviously from the content creator point of view, it's obvious why this is handy, shall we say. Um, but how about from the, point of view of someone who's maybe not a a content creator, not uploading videos all the time. Um, What can you do about preservation of just archive material that people want to preserve?
1: Uh, Well, you know, we actually have in mind a couple different things. Uh, One thing that's, you know, immediately obvious is that people want syndication. So uh, I have a client right now that came on, Uh, within the last couple months that he does car repair videos. And and he's like, I looked at your service. I don't feel like I have anything in my content that's controversial. But one, he likes what we're doing. He wants to support it. And two, he's like, I'm looking at you as a syndication service. So I want to have my audience out on all these alternative platforms. So that's one. And there's another thing I've kind of got back in the laboratory, so to speak, that we're thinking about offering a service by which people could use Telegram and download videos that they want to keep locally, which I think may, we'll see if it turns out to have, you know, interest, but, uh, I'm I sure you'll
0: hear from a few people in the corporate report audience as to whether or not <laughs> that is interesting <laughs> to them. So it's good to know yeah. those types of ideas and whether it's to, to gauge the interest in them.
1: Oh yes, absolutely.
0: All right. So, um, okay. So, uh, give people an idea of how this would work. Um, how would they get in touch with you and what, what would the process look like from there?
1: Well, it's kind of nice if you're a content creator, it's kind of nice just to go to our website, contentsafe.co and fill out the onboarding form and schedule an appointment with me. The first 50 clients, we have a special relationship with those. And I'd We want to hand onboard them so we don't really have an automated onboarding system. And in this business, as you know, it's kind of nice to interview people and know where they're coming from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's an incredibly important part of it. It, Just to know who this person is and what their needs are, I assume it's helpful to know. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And one of our philosophies has been don't try to force people into a particular workflow. Uh, we try to accommodate the workflow that you're you're accustomed to to using or to working with. Yeah.
0: Well, it certainly worked in my case. I just upload to Odyssey and boom, it's suddenly on the other platforms. Great. Um, Works for me. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some of the other projects and things that you're doing. And let's start with that May Brussels archive. Now people may or may not remember, I had an interview uh, a year or two ago um, with the person who's uh, organizing that and trying to to run that archive project, which is to take Mae Brussel's incredible voluminous material uh, that she had uh, ar- archived and, and newspapers and clippings and all sorts of who knows. I would love to see that archive, physically see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, and, and the last I heard, yeah, that project was underway and it was going to be digitized and archived. And now I hear you're part of this. You're helping to make this happen. Tell us about it. Yeah. That.
1: I'm actually a technical consultant for them because until now, everyone that's involved in that project is passionate about May's work, but none of them really have an an appreciation of, well, one, how to organize a a fund like that to raise the money, and the other is the technical aspects of what can we do with this information. Now, what I've been doing over the last month is doing a pilot project in-house in house Uh, where we were going through some of her early shows and we were making sure that the transcripts were being done accurately. And then what we'd like to do is feed that into a uh, a, a really nice, high quality uh, speech to text system. And we'd like to start building a whole workflow process for digitizing her radio programs first and then encoding it and, providing space for people to do research on her work because i don't know i I listened to your uh summary of her work back in 2011 i believe it was when you published that yeah and i've listened to the first 30 episodes as part of my research and i am bowled over at how prescient Mm -hmm. she was yeah, And and in one sense, it's encouraging. In another sense, it's kind of discouraging because a lot of the problems she was talking about, we're still t- tackling
0: the same problem. And the thing that blows me away about her work is that this was all pre-internet. Like – Again, it may look impressive what I do, but it's one one hundredth of the amount of work she had to do to just uncover that information back in that yes. pre-internet era. So, oh, wow, uh, it, it's incredible. Um,
1: I made, I was just transcribing a, a part of an episode last night, and she was talking about going to the National Archives and going through microfilm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember going through microfilm. Yeah. I'm old enough to have done yeah. it, <laughs> and, and it's like that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And, And her filing system, uh, I I see her as kind of one of those people that can bury herself in a lot of technical information, and then she can just see the patterns of what she was reviewing. And wow, I mean, she wasn't right about everything,
0: but uh, who is? Yeah, exactly right. But still, yeah, it's just an impressive body of work. It's incredible that you're getting to work with it and archive it. So I assume that'll be done next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the first challenge is organizing something to raise the money for it. That that's, yeah. that's one of the challenges. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but then after that, the challenge is digitizing all that work It's mm. it's in a Herculean
0: task. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, while we're, we're here, why don't you tell us about your main, um, with, um, your main business, because content safe isn't even the main thing that you do. You, you have an no. anomalous desi- design. Tell us about
1: that. Yes, anomalous design. Uh, an anomalist, by the way, is a person who's interested in difficult and unusual cases. Uh, the word anomalous is often associated with things like UFOs. We adopted the name back in 2007 because we really wanted to tackle unusual problems. And companies come to us to solve like unfinished projects is something we do. We can take over projects, help them go to the completion. Uh, The other thing is just taking on things that other people don't want to take on. But we see a promise in the software. We think that it's got potential. Uh, And um, design, the word in the company, is more about systems design it's not really web design per se, even though we do web design, uh, we are very interested in systems and developing systems. Another little side project I have is called endorser. Uh, I am helping with a, a group of voluntarists, uh, that are building a private team app, uh, Endorser.ch is the is the current version of it. If anyone wants to look into that, uh, I think it's a really good project uh, for communities to help organize their resources and their time.
0: Awesome. Well, how can people find
1: that? Endorser.ch.
0: And how about uh, Anomalous Design? Uh,
1: anomalousdesign.com. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the only dot-com in your universe there so far. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, my, I have actually another, which is a portfolio site, which is anomalous.design. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's, uh, for people who are out there, who are interested in content safe, give the 30 second elevator pitch. Who, who are you looking for? Who do you think this service is for? What, what, uh, what do they need to do next?
1: if you 're a content creator who's concerned about being censored by big tech and wants to help alt tech grow content safe can help you get into the new tech, the new alt media and support your growth into a whole new space of freedom oriented video platforms
0: awesome succinct sounds like a plan um, and again i 'm using it myself seems to be working all right so thank you for doing that helping uh, to Platform the Corbett report on even more platforms. I will continue to throw this information out into the far corners of the internet, and hopefully, some of it will survive whatever coming purges, <laughs> content purges are coming in the future. So, um, I think that's well, that's that. Uh, as I say, I think this is more the the solution than trying to focus on one platform and assuming right. that it's just going to be there forever, because we know it is not necessarily going to be.
1: Right. And, you know, we're, we're always looking out for other venues to help our content creators, which is another thing. One of our in-house slogans is we've got your back.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, and uh, anyone in the Corporate Report audience uh, who is interested, let him know about the, your interest in the uh, Telegram video download idea. <laughs> see we'll see if, that's, uh, if there's some interest in that. Cool. All right. Okay, I think we're going to leave it there for today. Matthew Raymer, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your services. And uh, thank you for helping to get the uh, corporate report information onto even more platforms.
1: Awesome.